This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the AirPod. Omid Scobie reporting live for duty with your weekly Royal News debrief. I hope everyone is well. I am sat alone in the driver's seat this week, but that does not stop me from getting through a mountain of royal news. Um, It has, of course, been a very busy week. I feel like I say that every time. But this week, no more than ever, uh, the Duchess of Cambridge made a major announcement with her most ambitious project to date, launching an early childhood centre within the Royal Foundation. This is, of course, following 10 years of work that she has focused on. We'll be hearing more from the woman herself on why it is such an important cause and why this is a lifelong project for her. But there is plenty to get through before then, starting with, of course, Her Majesty herself, who was out in force today at the horse races in the UK. She attended the final day of the Ascot horse races after last year the pandemic forced her to miss out on the event. Now we know that it is her favourite event of the year. In fact I remember Palisade telling me it was the first thing she puts in her diary or should I say has AIDS put in her diary at the start of the year because she does not want anything to clash with it. We know about her lifelong love of horses but this year's races did look a little different. Attendees were masked, had to receive Covid tests Um, But that didn't stop members of the royal family from dropping in throughout the week. We, of course, saw the Wessexes and Prince Charles stopping by. Um, But the Queen kept everyone waiting until the final day, partly because she had other things to do. There was an in-person meeting with the Australian Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, at the start of the week. But this year, of course, was different. It was the first time that she was attending since the death of Prince Philip. And we know how special the meaning of this week is to her. She's a patron of Royal Ascots since coming to the throne in 1952. And she's the first ever reigning monarch to win the Royal Ascot Gold Cup with her horse, Estimate. Um, Because, of course, if you didn't already know, she has many horses taking part in the races. And this year was no different. In fact, Camilla, the Duchess of Cornwall, spoke with ITV's Racing about the Queen's passion and gave a little insight into why it means so much to her. Well, I think this is her passion in life. Mm. And um, she she loves it. And you can tell how much she loves it. And she can tell you every horse she's bred and owned, you know, from the very beginning. I mean, she doesn't forget anything. Mm. I can hardly remember what I, you know, bred a year ago. But it's so she's in in encyclopedic about her, her, her knowledge. And, and Royal Ascot for her is, is the week, isn't it? It's just absolute I think, heaven, you know, I think. it is. It's very, it's sort of everybody who loves racing. It is the most special week. And of course, this comes off the back of a very busy week. Last weekend was the Queen's official 
birthday. Her second birthday, of course, because she celebrates on April 21st. But Trooping the Colour took place, uh, the carriage and horse procession that we all know and love that usually ends up with that Buckingham Palace balcony moment to address the crowds below. But of course, this year was a little bit more subdued, taking place within Windsor Castle. It was just the Queen alongside the Duke of Kent, but that was not the only event that took place at Windsor Castle. In fact, perhaps stealing the spotlight from it was, of course, President Biden's visit. After a successful week at the G7 summit, he and the First Lady, Dr. Jill Biden, stopped by at Windsor Castle to not only inspect the Guard of Honour that took place in the quadrangle, but they stayed for a further 45 minutes to meet with the Queen for a cup of tea in Windsor Castle. Now, I say a cup of tea, of course, it is a much more formal affair, something that takes place privately behind closed doors, but perhaps breaking the rules slightly. But we did hear from President Biden himself, who stopped by the pool of reporters, including representatives from ABC News, to talk a little bit about his tea with the Queen at Windsor Castle. She was very generous, very... Uh, I, I don't think she'd be insulted, but you bet my mind. She reminded me of my mother. In terms of the, the look of her and, the, you know, just the generosity. And I said, you know, ma'am, this is, you know... You just, a long time. She said, oh, no. I said, I wish we could stay longer. Maybe we could hold the cars up a minute. So anyway, she was very gracious. You know, I think for many, and you'll remember Maggie and I talking about this before, I think for many to see the Queen back out and so busy, it's such a great sign, especially after the death of Prince Philip, which although feels like a while ago, it was only in April. It was, of course, the moment that shook the royal family. Uh, that loss was felt not only among those close to him, but across the country and throughout parts of the world. And we have seen in the past couple of weeks members of the royal family talking about uh, the sort of absence of the Duke of Edinburgh's presence um, within the family, of course, considered very much the pillar of the Windsor family. And we heard from Sophie, the Countess of Wessex, during an interview with BBC Radio 5 Live about that hole in the family that Prince Philip left. Uh, it was an emotional moment for the Countess, someone who we don't often hear speaking publicly. But I think it clearly has been important for the family to pay tribute to his life, not just within the period of his death, but for the months following. It's only when you would do the normal things that you would have done with them and you suddenly realise that they are not there that you really start to have a, oh my goodness, moment. I mean, we were lucky enough to go to Scotland for half term. Um, and I don't know if you remember the photograph that I took. Yes, I remember yeah. um, It was, uh, yeah. I was pregnant with Louise at the time. Um, and we went up there um, during half term. You okay? Hmm. And just to be there in that place was an oh my god moment. Um, so I think they'll come and go. But you have to <laughs> let them come and let them go. But just talking to you now, it's a, it's a bit of an oh my goodness moment which you don't necessarily expect, and you don't expect them to come. I had the same when I lost my mother. You know, I'd be fine, absolutely fine, 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 and then something happened, or you'd hear a piece of music, or you'd do something, and suddenly 
you would, you know, you'd get taken off at the knees. So there'll be lots of moments like that that it's good to remember. Now, it was in the same interview that Sophie discussed her increasing participation in royal duties. Um, you, of course, know her as the wife of Prince Edward. I probably don't have to point that out to you. Edward is a full-time working royal, but so is Sophie. And in the past year and a half, we've seen her take on an even bigger role in the royal family. Of course, this is following Prince Harry and Meghan, who stepped back from their royal duties. She said that there's an increased interest in them as a family. And she said if it raises more awareness of the issues that she cares about, then that can only be a good thing. Now, one of those issues that she is very passionate about was actually the reason why she was speaking with the BBC. It was ahead of the United Nations International Day for the Elimination of Sexual Violence in Conflict. It's something that she's focused on for some time. And she goes on in the interview to talk about her wish is to be an advocate for women who don't have a voice, such as survivors of rape and war, and to make sure that the subject does not drop off the agenda. She, of course, joins other popular figures such as Angelina Jolie have also been advocates for the issue, uh, a very worthwhile conversation to be having. Now, of course, speaking about that hole left behind by the Sussexes, uh, they are doing very well overseas. Now, with the pair of them still on maternity leave and paternity leave, following the arrival of Lilibet, or Lily, I should say, Diana Mountbatten-Windsor, um, it hasn't stopped them from making the headlines. Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex, made big news this week when she became, for the second time, an official New York Times bestseller. The book was released just four days after they had their child, and although she did no promotion for it per se, the interest in itself saw it do incredibly well. And just this week, the New York Times announced that it was number one within the children's picture books charts on the New York Times bestseller list. And Megan put out a note uh, to thank those who had bought the book on the Archwell website, and also gave a little bit of a peek into why she did the book. She says, while this poem began as a love letter to my husband and son, I'm encouraged to see that its universal themes of love, representation, inclusivity are resonating with communities everywhere. This is, of course, a book that has a wide, diverse cross-section of fathers represented throughout it from all walks of life. She goes on to say, in many ways, pursuing a more compassionate and equitable world begins with these core values. Equally, to depict another side of masculinity, one that's grounded in connection, emotion and softness, is to model a world that so many would like to see for their sons and daughters alike. And she finishes up by saying, thank you for supporting me in this special project. Of course, the book is also illustrated by award-winning artist Christian Robinson. So it's kind of a win for both of them. And the book sales also were boosted by the popularity of the audiobook edition that was narrated by Megan herself. This is your bench where life will begin for you and our son, our baby, our kin. This is your bench where you'll witness great joy. From here, you will rest, see the growth of our boy. And Megan will be, or will have, spoken about the bench for her first and only interview with NPR's Weekend Edition on Sunday. So this has either happened or about to happen when you listen 
to this episode. Uh, the, or, the interview has been pre-recorded, um, but I do hear that she shares the sort of deep meaning and personal story behind the book um, in a little bit more detail than we've heard before. So definitely one to check out if you have missed it or if you want to pop it in your diary. Now stick around because after the break we'll be catching up with the Duchess of Cambridge after what's perhaps been one of the biggest weeks in her royal diary to date. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Well, if you followed this show for long enough, you'll know that for almost a decade, Duchess Kate has worked very hard to understand and highlight the importance of the earliest years of a child's life course in shaping the person that they become in the future and this week she took a significant step forward by announcing the launch of the Royal Foundation Centre for Early Childhood. My own journey into understanding the importance of early childhood actually started with adults and not with children. It was about prevention. I wanted to understand what more we could do to help prevent some of today's toughest social challenges and what more we could do to help with the rising rates of poor mental health. I've spoken to psychiatrists, to neuroscientists, to practitioners and academics and parents alike. And what has become clear is that the best investment for our future health and happiness is in the first five years of life. And that is why today I'm launching the Royal Foundation Centre for Early Childhood. Working closely with others, the centre hopes to raise awareness of why the first five years of life are just so important for our future life outcomes and what we can do as a society to embrace this golden opportunity to create a happier, more mentally healthy, more nurturing society. By working together, my hope is that we can change the way we think about early childhood and transform lives for generations to come. Because I truly believe big change starts small. As you just heard, the announcement was made alongside a video message from the Duchess herself, going into detail about that journey that she's taken so far, but also outlining her mission for the future. And alongside the announcement was also the centre's first inaugural report that went into a lot of detail about what they will actually focus on. Now, to give some detail, this is a uh, sort of division, if you will, of the Royal Foundation. Uh, The offices for this centre are actually within Kensington Palace alongside the other Royal Foundation team. They have hired a team of six, I understand, and the centre's work is going to focus on three key areas, research, collaborations to find solutions, and campaigns to raise awareness and inspire action. Uh, Kensington Palace uh, source said that these types of projects that the centre would work on included making the science of the early years accessible to different audiences. And they also launched a website uh, that is sort of designed to highlight the importance of early childhood in addition to showcasing their work and research. Uh, KP, in a statement, went on to describe it as a landmark step in Kate's work. And it's definitely something that we've heard her 
or seen her focus on heavily really since the start of her work. I remember when she did some of her earliest engagements at Action on Addiction, an organisation in here that works with those who have been affected by addiction, either substance or alcohol abuse. And it was at these early stages, and in videos also shared recently by Kensington Palace, it sort of went on to reiterate this. It was at these early stages that Kate realised that a lot of these issues that uh, had presented themselves later in a, in a human's life can sometimes be prevented if the focus actually went on that crucial first five years, the early childhood development period. And this is really what the, the centre that she's launched is going to focus on. It's not only increasing awareness, um, but it is also actioning things throughout the country that currently, I believe, spends over 21 billion, if you tally it all up, dollars on issues that perhaps could be uh, prevented if the focus goes on much earlier period of people's lives. Now, to mark the launch of the Centre for Early Childhood, Kate made two special engagements on the Friday. One, a visit to the London School of Economics. This was to take part in a roundtable discussion on the Centre's inaugural report. It was actually in collaboration with LSE and the Centre on Developing Child at Harvard University that the report was brought together uh, to focus on leading sector research and underlining the critical lifelong impact of the early years on individuals. Kate called it Big Change Starts Small. And after this roundtable discussion, she headed over back to Kensington Palace in the rain. The weather has not been that great for the later part of this week here in London to speak with a group of families that she's actually been in commu communication with for almost 10 years now. Um, the purpose of maintaining this relationship with families is to sort of, I guess, use them as a sort of sounding board to help her shape her understanding of the importance of providing support for parents during the earliest years of their lives. And it was here during their conversation that Kate spoke about the vital role that parents and carers will play in shaping her work throughout the centre in the years to come. And she gave a little speech to really hit the point home. The more we learn about early childhood and the first five years of life, the greater imperative it is to act. Because ultimately what shapes our childhood not only shapes us as adults, but also the society we want to form. Change really needs to happen, and the time for action is now. Because I feel that this is the social equivalent to climate change. I'm committed to this for the long term. It is going to take a long time, and it's not a, a, a quick fix. Now, there's said to be a number of engagements over the months ahead to really give further insight into the work that the centre is doing. And of course, as we know, this is a long haul project for Kate. This is something that we'll continually receive updates on. And you can also hear more about at the website itself, which is the Centre for Early Childhood dot org. That is, of course, centre spelt British style R.E. And that just about wraps us up for this week. We'll, of course, be back next Friday with all the latest from the House of Windsor. 
I'll probably have Maggie in the hot seat alongside me. We should have some new details on the upcoming statue unveiling for Princess Diana or what would have been Princess Diana's 60th birthday. This is, of course, the big event taking place at Kensington Palace on July the 1st that Prince Harry is flying in for and will be carrying out alongside his brother. It is not just a statue unveiling, it is also an evening celebrating the life and work of Princess Diana, a legacy that both Princes William and Harry are still keeping alive. So that will be very exciting to hear more about that. We'll also have more news on the Cambridge's work for her Centre for Early Childhood and some new engagements from Prince William. So do stick around. I'm Omid Scobie, look after yourselves and each other and I will catch you next time.